Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. philosophy of the universities now that, you know, two plus two equals four uh, for you. <laughs> uh, for me, it might be five. Uh, and so no one can be wrong, you know, and so this whole thing, you know, you can hold, to, hold on to what you believe and I'll, I'll hold on to what I believe. Well, you often find people responding um, and asking, who appointed you uh, a judge? Who appointed you a judge? And uh, perhaps some people say, uh, who do you think you are to judge me? Uh, you know, in fact, there's an ad on TV uh, advertising um, audio books. And the lady's lying in bed and she's reading, uh, she's listening to her audio book. And she's having something, although it's in a teacup, you know, uh, she says you can even have your cup of tea. And her husband laying next to her says, that's not tea and she says, uh, who made you the tea police? You know, or who do you think you are? The tea police. In other words, don't judge me, you know. And, um, but Jesus said it this way, you know, uh, and we often misquote what Jesus said because he said, judge not, judge not. Just recently, in fact, last week, uh, a very up-to-date uh, research came out from the Barna Research Group, and it says this, talking is certainly part of evangelism. In other words, interacting with people. But research has shown that listening is also crucial. And so, in fact, listen, listens without judgment is the number one quality non-Christians, lapsed Christians, look for uh, uh, when seeking out a person to talk, without, uh, talk about uh, faith. And so uh, only a minority say that Christians they know personally uh, possess this quality. And I don't know about you, but I often vacillate between the two. Do I respond or do I shut my mouth? You know, do I say something because somebody says that I need to? You know, perhaps the Holy Spirit or my conscience says I need to respond. Or do I just shut my mouth? And so there's this constant tension that takes place in one's heart. But let's look at what the scriptures say. Let's see what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Well, I don't know if you catch the humor here, uh, but, you know, if, if I were to read this uh, to uh, a, a kid, they'd start laughing. They'd say, what is this all about? You know, it's, it's quite funny. 
but uh, it's not funny uh, for you and for me today because it might go over our heads. But Jesus uses uh, this form of hyperbole uh, to, to try and help people to understand what is being said here. And I think it's important to also note that the Sermon on the Mount is not for non-Christians. It was written for people like you and me in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's the Sermon on the Mount. It's written for followers of Christ. And so what does Jesus say to them? Because, you know, this little boy would start laughing, talking about, you know, kind of a plank and and then pigs and, and dogs. And what's this all about? But I think Jesus used a lot of humor here because he wanted them to understand what he was trying to say. And folk, you and I can often take this and misinterpret what's being said. But the message is very clear. The message is very clear. That uh, we are to judge others when we have the same problem or, you know, a worse problem. Are we to do that? You know, because I I like to respond to people, especially if they're worse off than me. It makes me feel better. It's so nice to point a finger. And I don't care when people say, you know, if you point a finger, there's five pointing back at you or four pointing back at you. I don't care about that, actually. In fact, I do care. But, you know, you often say, well, it makes me feel better, you know. And we actually pass judgment. Some people say it in different ways, in different uh, cultures. You know, we all have this uh, non-judgmental attitude. And so you might have heard it being said before. For example, in England, the English would say it this way. It's like the pot calling the kettle black. Pot calling the kettle black. Well, in, if you were in Norway, the Norwegians would say, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. <laughs> you know, hmm. don't throw stones if you think, you know, if you're living in a glass house. Because guess what? You know, it could break. Uh, the Arabs would say this way. The camel cannot see the crookedness of its own neck. The camel cannot see the crookedness of its own neck. Germans would say one donkey chides another for being long-eared. <laughs> one donkey cheers another for being long-eared. If you were in Uzbekistan, you'd hear people say, the man with no pants laughs at the man with a hole in his pants. <laughs> the man with no pants laughs at the guy with a hole in his and then if you're in Hungary, you'd hear it said this way. The owl, O-W-L, the bird, the owl, tells a sparrow it has a fat head. <laughs> well, Jesus said, judge not. <laughs> what is Jesus trying to tell us? What did he mean when, uh, when we, we hear the words that he preaches? I think, firstly, he never wants us to under, misunderstand the squabble. The squabble that's taking place. So when you, you, you know, uh, when, when you're uh, in a situation, be careful you don't misunderstand the situation. Uh, because when you're chatting to somebody, it's quite easy to sit and point a finger. And so in verse 1, Jesus says, do not judge or you will be judged. And so that word judge in the Greek, krino, don't separate, don't pick out, Prefer one thing over the next in order to condemn. Be careful of doing that. Because if you condemn and separate, that causes segregation. And Jesus did not want that to take place. And so, I don't think Jesus was ever saying, do not judge in order to evaluate. Because we do that all the time. We krino, we judge but hopefully not to separate and cause division. But we are to judge. 
because we are to, con uh, not condemn, we are to evaluate what's taking place between right and wrong. In fact, it's one of the characteristics of being an elder in uh, Titus chapter 1 and 1 Timothy chapter 3. You are to be semnos. The person who is semnos is able to, to understand the, the difference between right and wrong, which hopefully we all can do, but the elder, that mature person, is able to hold on to what is right. And so young people struggle with that, the difference between right and wrong and holding on to what is right. You know, and, and um, Paul says that, that there's tension in the heart in Romans. Say, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Don Francisco sings the song uh, and says, there's a war within my heart and it's tearing me apart. It's a war between two kingdoms and two masters. One of them must win, the other must give in. Jesus must be Lord of all. And so here Jesus is saying, judge not to segregate or to separate or to condemn, but evaluate a situation. And we evaluate situations and we judge situations all the time. When you get to a road intersection, you make a judgment. Do I cross now or do I wait? You know, you have a look. Do I, you know, cross now or do I wait? You find employers making decisions. Do I give this person an increase? Do I suspend them? Do I uh, fire them? And so decisions are made, judgments are taken. Also at school, uh, when uh, young people are being evaluated, uh, you know, judgments are taken. You get a certain mark, you pass. You get a, uh, a mark lower than that, guess what? Uh, you can't say fail now, uh, you know, because that's a bit harsh. Um, but uh, not yet complete, you know, NYC. You get another chance. In fact, have another 10 if you... But listen, you know, and so it's, we take judgment calls all the time, but hopefully not to condemn and to segregate and separate. And so Jesus says, be careful of that. And so he wants us to, to um, evaluate the conduct of others. Uh, but there's a purpose when we evaluate. It's not to condemn. It's not to condemn. And so how are we supposed to evaluate certain situations? Well, in, a bit later uh, in this chapter, in Matthew 7, verses uh, 16, 17, and 20, he says, by their fruit you will recognize them. By their fruit you will recognize them. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. If I walk up to an apple tree, I go, hey, I take a judgment, that's an apple tree. How do I know? Because it's got apples on it. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. Listen, when we evaluate, we don't let somebody carry on in their sin. Because if they're followers of Christ, we need to speak up, but not in a condemnation manner. So we don't separate them. Now, folk, years ago, 30 years ago, I would have made that judgment call in the totally opposite way I'm understanding the passage today. I would have said, that person claims to be a follower of Christ out if they're not following Jesus properly. And so that's extremely dangerous. But here Jesus is saying, be careful, because you will recognize them by their fruit. That word recognize, uh, they, they, it's a, quite a strong word, because you know, there's a word called yinosko, which means to know. But here, 
Matthew, or Jesus uses the word epigenosko. Epi being a preposition, genosko to know, which actually means to know well. To, to know accurately. And so when we evaluate, we make a judgment because we know that situation well. And we'll see how we are to respond. There's a, a whole lot of fables about judgment. And one of them is um, the ancient fable uh, from Aesop's Fables. There was this old lion uh, who was known to be the king of the forest who was no longer fast enough to, to capture his food. And so he went and uh, retired in a cave and there pretended to be sick. So being a, a shrewd lion, he made sure that the other animals in the forest knew that he was sick. And the beasts came one by one to visit the lion to express their sorrow over his sickness. And as they approached the lion in his cave, he jumped them and devoured them. And so uh, a fox came to visit the lion. Standing outside, the fox asked the lion how he was doing. And the lion said, I'm very sick, but why do you, why do you stand outside the cave? You know, please enter uh, in the cave and talk with me. Come a bit closer. And the wily fox said, no, thank you. For I see that there are many animal tracks entering the cave, but there are no, there's no trace of any animal tracks leaving the cave. And so you take a judgment call, you pass judgment, and discernment would say, you know what, it's safe for me to stand back. And so uh, we don't condemn in the situation, but we use it uh, in a very discerning manner. And Jesus is saying, when you look at people, you'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. And so be careful when you get into a situation. Don't turn it into an argument that is fruitless. Okay. Secondly, Jesus sets a standard. Because it's quite easy to, to, to criticize other people um, without seeing your own. And, and Jesus uses this amazing humor uh, in this parable that we can't, you know, we can't see someone properly when we've got a big log in our eye and we're trying to find the speck in, in somebody else's eye. I love the way uh, the message uh, paraphrase uh, says, uh, tells us Matthew 7, 1. It says, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. I love it. Be careful the way you hand it out because it's going to come back and bite you in places that will hurt. And so Jesus is making the point here. You know, uh, you know it, it's, it's easy to pick on people and, and to be critical about people. Um, and, and so we pounce on their sin. I remember uh, in 1989, I um, was at Bible college, and, and uh, a friend of mine was not a Christian, and uh, he would come and visit me, and, and he'd park his car, and then I would need to come and meet him downstairs and sign him in. And he'd all, he was a smoker, uh, and so he'd get out of his car, and he'd still have his cigarette, and he'd puff away uh, until you know, I'd come and meet him downstairs. And uh, one of the students would say to him, hey, your fingers are on fire. I mean, you kind of go... Is that the best way to treat a non-Christian? You know, to say stupid, sarcastic things like that? Now, it's hard because 
you know, did I approve of his smoking? No. But by saying a silly thing like that, that doesn't help either, you know. Uh, or when people curse, it breaks me. It, it, you know, I mean, I'm looking for a spade, you know, or a, a pick handle to use on this person when they use the name of Jesus in vain. Because that's my savior you're talking about. You know, and I make a sarcastic comment, well, speak to me, I'm closer. How silly is that? I stopped doing that, by the way. <laughs> you, you just kind of go, listen, that, that's not the best way of projecting Christ to others. In his book, um, in the grip of grace, Max Lucado says it so beautifully. In fact, he dedicates a whole chapter uh, called Godless Judging. And he says, it's one thing to have an opinion. It's quite another to pass a verdict. But is there any act more delightful than judging others? There is something smug and self-satisfying about donning the robe, stepping behind the bench and slamming down the gavel. Guilty! Standing next to all the Mussolinis and Hitlers and Jeffrey Dahmers of the world, we boast, look, God, compared to them, I'm not too bad. And that's the problem, he says. That's the problem. God doesn't compare us to them. They aren't the standard. God is, and compared to him, there is no one who does anything good, according to Romans 3.12. And so judging as a, an, an evaluation is acceptable, but condemning others uh, is actually uh, not right at all. Facts, in fact, James 4.11 says it this way, brothers do not slander one another. That's what the NIV says. The King James Version says it this way, do not speak evil of one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it. And so some people are more critical than others. We know that. But when we criticize like that, maybe because we're projecting our own inadequacies onto somebody else. Like a projector in psychology, we call it projecting. I take my feelings and I project them onto somebody else. You know, like that projector projects an image onto the screen. I take my insecurities my attitude, things that I fall short of, and I project them onto somebody else because uh, it's easy to do that. And so let's be careful how we do that um, because it's hard to actually see the speck in somebody else's eye when I've got a plank in my own. Thirdly, uh, it can easily become a stumbling block, you know, um, because we realize we're not perfect. And Jesus uh, doesn't say, be careful when you do that. He actually says, you hypocrite. You know, you hypocrite. Uh, You're an actor. You are a stage player. You are playing someone else. You are the great pretender. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. Because you think, you know, that you've got it all together. You actually don't. You actually don't. That's what Jesus is saying. And so we play the part. We act, you know, and we do it really well. We actually go and evaluate according to our standard rather than according to God's standard. In in fact, you know, um, it's beautiful. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, you know, it says, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, that's a cop-out many times. Oh, God knows my heart. And we, we justify our wrongdoings with that. 
But it says here, man looks, the word looks there in the Hebrew is actually, he perceives, approves, discerns, and actually marks you right or wrong according to your outward appearance, according to your outward looks and your outward content, but the Lord looks at the heart. My wife's in Sunday school, so I can share the story. But when we grew up, my father had a little, you know, he had a little fish and chip shop, you know. Um, little fat Greeks running all over the place, helping the family business, 42 years, same corner. You know, uh, mom um, had had uh, a little girl the year before, and then, you know, she was nine months pregnant, selling, you know, helping in the, sell fish and chips with dad, the family business, and, and, you know, her water breaks behind the counter, and little fat Greek boy comes out there, good looking though, and, you know... <laughs> And then, you know, uh, we grew up in that shop. And thank God our parents sent us to university so we didn't have to do exactly what they did. You know, it was good money in the fish and chip shop, but they go, no, it's too hard work, go and study. So praise God, they sent us off to study. And I, you know, studied and got a job. And uh, where I worked, um, I had to wear nice clothes and a tie every day, shirt tucked in, you know, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> and, and I'd come back from work, you know, with my nice hairstyle, moustache, I was like, you know. And um, as soon as I'd get there after work, uh, dad would have been in the shop and I would, you know, relieve him so he could go, oh, bad word, I would, um, I would help there so he could go to the toilet, <laughs> you know. And, and so... Somebody walked in one of the reps and said, I, I want to see your dad. So I said, what is, what is it about? No, uh, it's about a little stand that we want to put up. I said, yeah, best wait for dad there. And so he said, it's the first time I've seen somebody uh, selling fish and chips in a collar and tie. I said, no, I've just come from work. Oh, you work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, sell fish and chips with a collar and tie. Can't wait. Uh, in case my tie falls in the oil, you know. Uh, and then he said, oh, so where do you work? And I told him. I was a lecturer. And he said, oh, so did you have to study to do this? So I told him. And his attitude changed. Before he was quite rude and harsh. But then when I told him what I did, he actually said, oh, that's very nice. And, you know, it started getting into conversation. And there I was just dying to actually be rude to him because he'd passed judgment. But also, because we had a little fish and chip shop, we never had a big IGA, and so it would not be good to find a wife, you know, with a little fish and chip shop. Also, I'd studied theology and was not a doctor or a lawyer in the Greek community. Not going to find a wife that way. Eventually it happened by, you know, through prayer and fasting. And so, you know... <laughs> But, folk, we often pass judgment because of what people look like. And we judge and become a stumbling block uh, because often color of skin, often because, you know, a male or female, and we can easily pass that judgment. You see, it's not what you do that we don't understand. We understand why, what people do. We see it. But why they do it, we don't always understand. And that's what Jesus wants, asked, uh, wants to uh, ask the question. Because in verse 3, he, he doesn't make a statement. He asks a question. 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And in fact, you know, when we were kids and we grew up, you know, we did something wrong and your, your mom and dad would say, why did you do that? You know, I don't know, mom, I don't know, dad. But surely you know, I don't know. Sometimes it would be, tell me why you did it. Give me half a chance and I'll tell you, you know. (laughs) And so, those of you who laughed, I know why you're laughing, because you do that as well. Hey, I'm watching. (laughs) But, folk, at the end of the day, we don't always know why we do certain things or why we say them. In fact, Jeremiah 79 explains it so well, because he says that the heart is deceitful above all things, who can understand it? And that word deceitful means fraudulent, it's crooked, it's polluted. And so sometimes people do things and they don't know why they do it. But we're quick to pass judgment. In fact, 1 Corinthians 4, 5 is really comforting. It says, therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. In other words, don't judge it and condemn it because it's not your position to do that. Only God does that. Wait till the Lord comes, Paul says. He'll bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, we receive his praise from God. And so when we're not guilty, we don't mind standing in judgment. When we're guilty, we do. But here, let's be careful we don't become a stumbling block. Well, is there any solution to this? <laughs> is there any solution to this? Well, I think what Jesus is wanting us to say, uh, to understand, is that keep your eyes clear so you can see properly. Keep your eyes clear so you can see how to help other brothers and sisters who are struggling. And so what Jesus is teaching is not that we shouldn't judge, but that we shouldn't condemn. We shouldn't condemn. We shouldn't send people to hell. Because in verse 5, he says, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly. That word, see clearly, um, is, is made up of two words. The word vlepo means to see. Vlepo is what's uh, used here. So it combines those two words together and says, so you can receive full vision. So you can understand fully, and so you're able to understand properly, because you've taken the plank out of your own eye. And so, remember, he's speaking to believers here, to followers of Christ. And so what Jesus is wanting, that we help one another. We help one another. If my boy were to come to me and say to me, Dad, I've got a splinter in my finger, I need to clean my glasses, get a little torch, get a tweezers, and make sure that I can see it. Because if I say, son, you know what, I've also got splinters. and No, I will do my best to make sure that I can See that splinter properly. The only way I will do it is to metaphorically take the plank out of my own eye before I take the splinter out of this little guy's eye. Love Galatians 6, 1 and 2. It's not a cop-out, but it's a powerful, powerful verse. It says, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. That word restore to come alongside to mend and repair that person, to help that person, to prepare them 
and make them stronger, to put your shoulder under their armpit, because that's the solution that Jesus is speaking about, rather than segregate and condemn. But watch yourself, he's saying, you know, scorpel, um, look at yourself, observe, contemplate, contemplate. And the only way you can do that is if you take the plank out of your own eye, and this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And so he says to carry one another's burdens, carry each other's burdens, to to take up in order to carry, to sustain and support one another. Because that's what the law of Christ is, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So we don't always understand what's taking place. But you know, sometimes we've gone through difficulties. So it might be to help somebody else in that situation. We don't fully grasp all these things, but it might be to help somebody else. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. There's a story about a young woman who visited a small church. And uh, she tried to help uh, wherever she could. And she'd had a bit of a bad past. And uh, as as she got together with this uh, young man, he was actually the pastor's son. And they wanted to do Sunday school together. And so they gave it a try. And then some people found out what her background was. She found the Lord Jesus Christ in that small church. She was able to understand who Jesus was. And she was able to realize that he had saved her soul. He'd saved her from drugs and alcohol, prostitution, and a bad past. And now while serving in the Sunday school, she was able to um, meet the pastor's son, who was also serving in the Sunday school. They fell in love and they were going to get married. Sadly, the people in the church began to point fingers. Do you know her past? She's got such a bad past. Uh, She's not good enough for the pastor's son. Must have been a Greek family. No. (laughs) And so they began to pass judgment and began to condemn. So they called a church meeting. And as they call that church meeting, they get together, and this young lady and the pastor's son are sitting together, and they start condemning and judging. And eventually the pastor's son stands up, and the whole congregation went quiet. And he said, it's actually not this lady that is on trial here, but it's actually the blood of Jesus that's on trial here. Because, folk, we never know what a person's past is. But we certainly know when Christ touches them with his powerful blood and they repent of their sins, so you and I cannot point one finger because we were in that situation once before and somebody came alongside us and helped us. May we be helpful. May we give life to those with whom we make contact with on a daily basis rather than sit and condemn.
trying to remember now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but only by your Holy Spirit that we're able to not condemn, to negatively judge, to cause separation. Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you will come. and Your Lord, forgive us, please. Forgive us for the times that we've set our own standard rather than live by the standard that you have set for us. Be with us, Lord. Guide us. Lead us, Lord. Forgive us, we pray. And may we go and repair the wrong that we've done. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.